Hello and welcome to Ops in Lockdown. This week we'll be talking to Liam Newton from Event Support Solutions and our chosen subject is stand regulations and plan checking. So I would like to thank Leanne for taking some time out of her um, day. It's also got her out of the house and into her office, which I think is a, is a Billy bonus. Isn't that right, Leanne? <laughs> Um, uh, we picked this subject um, out of our Contractor Foundation course. So the Contractor Foundation course is a two-day course, one day about their industry and where contractors fit within it and some of the issues that they might come across that affect things down the line um, and project management, time management, all that kind of stuff. And the second day is technical, so um, ducts rigging, loadings, mains, electrics, all that kind of stuff. Um, and on the technical day, we're also hoping to include um, some stuff on the stand plan checking side. So we've kind of taken this out of that. And here we go, this session, welcoming Leanne Newton from Event Support Solutions. How are you? Hi, Lou, I'm good. Good. We both agreed that it's okay to swear. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, we've got a, both got a bit of a penchant for swearing and having highly inappropriate conversations and saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. So <clears throat> we'll just caveat this with that. Shall we? Right, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you okay. ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Right. Question one. We're gonna fire the poles straight off out the out the park and get them out of the way. And this question relates to the e-guide. We kind of covered this a little bit before, but since you've all now read the e-guide since that first session, uh, the question is, um, when was the latest e-guide um, edition? And my question to you, Leanne, while they're doing that is, what percentage of clients do you now think have actually read the e-guide? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, I think a high percentage of organisers would have read it maybe not all of the 156 pages but certainly the most kind of relevant ones to them and uh i would hope that contractors would have at least read the kind of stand build kind of section um of it i think the advantage of it is obviously when it's released the amended bits are highlighted so that's really that's really useful and you can kind of skim and scan and search obviously to the task in hand so you can maybe go to the relevant kind of sections so yeah i think it's one of the I would really useful things mm. yeah one of the really useful things about how they do it um is is that uh, only releasing the bits that have changed for yeah. as well as the full download so if you're new into the industry or haven't read the e-guide at all unfortunately you're going to have to read the whole thing for any <laughs> um, but for those of you so stand contractors for example just pull out the last um, contractor one and it highlights um, sample one it highlights yeah. those changes doesn't it to be honest I like the reason why I've asked it so many times is I haven't read it recently either <laughs> Yeah. I mean, then, really kind of kitchens and foods and hygiene and those kind of things you can break them down i think they've broken one down for electrics now as well so you can kind of mm -hmm. just download those individual kind of sections so make it yeah. a bit more specific what you're doing to me i think the e-guides like my ironing pile <laughs> <laughs> if i shut the door on it i don't have to go there anyway right so um so we're, well do you know 
uh, we've got 68% that know the correct answer. Uh, so let's fire in to keep the polls coming while we're asking more questions. So if organisers could do one thing to make things better for you and for contractors <laughs> in terms of stand plans, what would it be? Yeah, so that's a I think that's a really tough one to kind of narrow down to one. <laughs> um, I think I've narrowed it down to three. That's fine. <laughs> Crack on. Um, I think the kind of most beneficial, really, would be to kind of understand the stand requirements of the exhibitor. So, especially at the beginning, um, because then the stand can be kind of suitably positioned on the floor plan, maybe. We get a lot of feedback about walling. So if they knew perhaps sales stage they needed a lot of offices or kind of, you know, you know that you're then going to have walling, they might not perhaps give them an island stand or maybe not position them at the front of the hall where kind of visibility and things like that can kind of be be impaired. Yeah. Um, you do get a lot of queries about walling really. I think that's kind of a <laughs> major one. Mm. It's hard, isn't it? Because all of our plans, our floor plans are laid out um, yeah. and predisposed yeah. to um, the big guys wanting the front spots, but also mm. needing the private space. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. And I mean, sometimes floor plans are even generated for the next show as well. So it's not, but that's an ideal mm, <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a perfect world anyway. Um Kind of highlighting of any changes, I think that's really important, especially anything to do with like reduced build times, for example. That's a that's definitely a key one. And kind of any commercial and e-guide regs that are going to make um, a difference, just to really kind of highlight them, perhaps in a different way. Obviously, within the exhibitors manual, but maybe in a different way a lot earlier as well. I think that can really influence and help exhibitors and contractors really um, when kind of designing yeah. stands. And um, a bit of a controversial one is <laughs> just about the enforcement of, um, of kind of regulations and kind of consistent regulations, really. I think a lot of people get quite frustrated when they go from venue to venue or show to show and perhaps want to use the same designs yeah. or things like that. I think that, so going back to the first one with the sales team and um, I mean we operationally we we struggle to get the sales team to engage on any um, operational level because they always see it as a prevention to the sale yeah. um, and trying to find um, we've got a sales a, a quick sales kind of download training thing coming <laughs> on our side and the reason for that is is that we could sort out so much in that initial conversation and it doesn't have to be a barrier to sale mm. um, and you're kind of trying to convince the sales teams that um, that these preventative measures uh, to stop pissing off their clients would be much better at the get-go than at the far end but also trying to find that way in the middle where you know the guy that sells that uh, signs the contract doesn't give two hoots about the design sometimes mm. it's two completely different people so the stand that they're booking is not necessarily um you know they don't they don't think that far ahead themselves in terms yeah. of numbers. for um so the complex submission of deadlines i always think it is oh by the way so in terms of the polling so six mil right 
for minimum is that was that mm. minimum glass yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I just yeah. like a sad side above my head <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got uh, another the final poll is about travel distances and this is a bit of a trick question so if you understand the trick uh, you can put, put it in the chat so there's another answer to this if something else happens um, pop it in the chat and I'll, I don't know, send you something. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of the deadline, I wonder how many contractors know just what has to happen once the point of the plan coming into you. Um, what they, then, is there any view, do you think, of what has to happen from that point onwards for you to then issue a, a, an, in, an inspection notice? And not, <laughs> I probably think as much now. understanding as I have of designing a stand, really, probably, probably just a little. <laughs> so it's all, um, yeah, all relative to our own job, I suppose, isn't it? So mm. I don't so have much knowledge in designing a stand. And I suppose, you know, they'd need to come here to understand the length of time to mm. manage inspections and conversations and kind of complex submissions, really. Mm. If you were to um, take your kind of worst one you've ever had, so um, we'll take a complex stand um, and right. all the things that could possibly go wrong in between that hitting your desk and an inspection notice coming back out. Yeah. Um, can you just run through for people that really don't know what happens to that and why everybody's trying to get that in earlier? What, what hoops that has to jump through? Um. Well, I think firstly, it depends on if it complies, because you're then obviously having to go back and forth in terms of perhaps step regulations, travel distances, handrails and things like that. And then from their side, they obviously have to then sometimes get the calculations redone and drawings redone and sometimes the whole stand redesigned. So that takes time for us and them. Um, we obviously have to get the calculations um, in. Um, managed kind of we feel that they might be complete send them to the engineer and then we have to wait for their comments that can sometimes take up to a month uh, depends how busy you know they are as well um, if they have feedback we obviously then have to manage that and then go back to the contractor with the feedback and kind of yeah it's a lot of toing and froing sometimes obviously more for a two-story than generally for um, you know over four but uh, yeah yeah and obviously it depends on the venue depends where we have to submit it so um you know if we're working at excel 28 days or a month prior to kind of tenancy so then you're obviously always working working back so it's why the deadlines i know can sometimes obviously cause frustration but there's reasons why 12 weeks perhaps or a set mm. before the tenancy uh, actually starts so mm. yeah Fab. Um, so thank you for the, actually this question wasn't worded very well at all, was it? Double down. Yes, and it is alcohol. Um, cool. Um, so with, um, with what you've just said, I think most contractors won't realise how long the, each of those stages takes and then what has to be rechecked and gone back and forth in between it. Um, and they're probably all there thinking now going, well, how on earth would we ever get that through bearing in mind our clients don't um 
commit to us until four yes, weeks exactly. out or yeah. six weeks out. And this is the dilemma we're yeah. facing, isn't it? It is, it really is. We're finding um, certainly over the past kind of couple of years, exhibitors just aren't wanting to contract. Um, they're just not wanting to commit or perhaps they're putting their designs out to tender um, as well. And they are leaving it later and later to um, contract basically. So mm. we've been in this situation where a contractor has been on the phone saying, I we definitely have the job. We've got all the drawings, we've got all the counts, but we can't send them to you because they haven't signed their contract. So kind of a tricky situation really yeah absolutely and I don't think we've got um unless organizers start putting their foot down on that one which we're going to come to by the way um, <laughs> but before we do we've got a few more questions right what's the worst thing a space only contractor's ever done on one of your shows <laughs> Adam <laughs> Roberts, <laughs> That is a really tricky question. He's like, can I um, say, can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adam, put it in the chat. Put yeah, the everything chat. in the chat. <laughs> um, I think, obviously, certain actions have kind of impacted on our service. I wouldn't say that there's a front runner, really, because they all generally kind of seem to cluster into the, into the same issues, really, which is um, maybe submitting plans without being contracted um, and maybe not letting us know so that we can kind of manage it in the best way, because... Obviously, we would generally only do like one inspection per exhibitor, um, but kind of organisers sometimes charge for inspections as well. So then there's that kind of process to, that needs to be manipulated. Um, contractors maybe not always taking responsibility for their kind of obligations and maybe not highlighting complex stands or non-compliances maybe, um, mm. and just saying, oh, it was on the plan or it was approved last year or something you know like that we kind of do you, um, think, do you think contractors almost put something through to you sometimes hoping that you will find the inadequacies of it so they don't have to kind of <laughs> sometimes it would just be nice if they picked up the phone to say that i think sometimes we're here to help you know at the end of the day we're all mm. working to the same end game so mm. If that was the case, all they have to do was really pick up the phone and, you know, kind of ask for that level of support, mm. really. Um, I think it's but not kind of just saying, oh, it's on the plan doesn't always, kind of mm. doesn't always help because maybe they've been involved with that project for so long and we just see like a small few, you know, little bit of time snippet of the design and we have to try to interpret that mm. as, as best we can, really. Um, I always think there's um, a big disconnect sometimes, not all the time, obviously with a good contractor. Yeah. Um, and there's a, like, you need to make sure this is a, a fair um, uh, perspective of, of uh, we've got some amazing contractors. In yeah, the definitely. Build amazing stands. And, the, and usually those ones that are incredible are the ones that their design team and their um, on the floor team are so heavily connected to each yeah. other that one understands what the other is is doing. Um, I, I certainly uh, struggle on some of our larger shows where where the plans are so disconnected from um, the how to build it. Mm. Uh, so they've been designed in a way that they couldn't ever be built safely. Yeah. Um, and, and that to me causes the biggest problem. Mm. And if we can find a way to close that gap, 
um, within our industry, I think we'd be in a lot better but that kind of goes on with the complex ones though as well isn't it where sometimes the guys on the ground building might not essentially have seen the calcs and so they're mm. really reliant on the engineers saying oh you know this bracing's missing here and they show them the calcs and you know the guys building say oh I haven't seen that um it just puts a lot of then added kind of pressure and responsibility onto you know a third party that's not responsible for the stand in as such you know they're not building mm. it but they kind of have to make a visual inspection kind of sign it off so mm. and do a work around and mm. it's usually you know the the guys on the floor are are completely competent mm. you, know, in, you know sometimes they sometimes need a bit of guidance but, but <laughs> for the majority of time the guys on the floor are doing what they what they thought they were meant to be doing yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I remember a stand, unfortunately, where we had um, an accident on it, and um, we were looking at how that accident had happened, and there was literally no way that that can that guy could have built that stand without doing it the way he did it, and the way he did it involved him falling from height, um, and 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 it was a complete design failure. The stand looked great, but it and it, but it was always going to end up with a risky situation. Um, I think something Esther are definitely concentrating on is is um, you know building that knowledge in the design teams of contractors, not just not just in the management and stuff. Mm. Cool. How about the old rogue complex? I love the word rogue. It sounds like really you know Star Warsy. Yeah, we get some. We get some. I mean, they are um, fewer, obviously now. I think a lot of people are aware. Um, you know, if they build above four and things like that, that is complex. I think the major one, um, certainly over the past kind of couple of years, is rigging, obviously, complex mm -hmm. rigging and um, lack of understanding, I suppose, in certain modifications to things then might result in being complex. Um, and um, yeah, maybe not highlighting that kind of pre show. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, if any um, anyone from the contractor community is on here and could put on the chat um, any ideas of how we could um, bridge any of these gaps? That mm. would be amazing. Um, since we've got um, we've got some people have got time on their hands at the moment that we could look into um, potential solutions going forward. Um, in the meantime, so what change would make the biggest difference? And this goes to you, Leanne, but also to everybody else. If yeah. Come away with a chat full of what change we could make um, mm. we can share it on the on the platform later all right far away um, from our side of things um, I think a complete submission would really help it really kind of speeds up the process um, so obviously some organizers request different information to others so it is obviously a case of digesting what the requirements are in that particular exhibitor manual but um, Certainly, what kind of comes through to us would really benefit if it was would, complete. Would you um, would you prefer people held off and were delayed and it was complete, or partial submission but you had something earlier? <laughs> That's a good question. So, I would prefer it to be complete, but what you find is obviously the nearer to the show you get, a lot of people get quite concerned over statistics. Um, as do we, it's completely statistic based really. 
Um, so the nearer, to, you know, the nearer to the show, at that point, I would rather have something than nothing. But mm. um, if we're a good, you know, portion of the, the way, then uh, a complete one is uh, definitely yeah. advantageous. Yeah, definitely. What, what define what the good portion is? What, what of time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it depends, obviously, if it's complex or non-complex. If it's non-complex and it, you know, six weeks, eight weeks would be amazing. Um, <laughs> anything past four weeks, we're really like... <laughs> uh, complex is obviously at least eight, ten. Yeah. But if it's rigging and over four, it's those ones you can kind of manage. It's two stories that are quite hard. No um, especially when they're not complete or compliant, really. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Right, so yes. Can I add? Can changes. I add banning chipboard? <laughs> oh yes, talk <laughs> banning chipboard other than platforms would um. So yeah. for, lessen the grays. Lessen the grays. <laughs> so bearing in mind, um, we is quite broad audience, and we might have uh, some people on here that don't um haven't enjoyed the joys of. Uh, the chip ships, um, <laughs> as I like to call them. Um, do you can you like expand on that and kind of explain what you mean by uh, using chipboard as a structural integrity <laughs> material? I'm obviously not an engineer, so it's going to be very basic. But <laughs> That's good. when That's you kind of need. when you kind of kind of patch cleat like that chipboard together and then fix it with maybe a piece of chipboard. It's not structurally <laughs> sound. So chipboard, um, I think a lot of the manuals and things are changing now to say, well, you can use it, but kind of in the right way. So it should be used maybe as a dressing. Um, if it meets fire regs and it's fixed to a, what you call a structural frame and maybe mm. not a structural frame made of, made of chipboard. chipboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what, Kind of what we're aiming for. I think I think my um, the the first time it really ever made sense to me what everybody was complaining about at our kind of daily meetings was um, there was a stand up against a VIP lounge and there was about a meter gap between mm -hmm. the back of my feature and and their and their stand wall. And I and I ducked out of the VIP lounge to walk, like take a shortcut. And what looked like a brilliant stand on the front was basically just a patchwork of chip yeah. shit, um, and kind of held or held up almost like with you know the stage bracing. <laughs> it was horrendous. Um, but also, I mean, chip, chip shit is bad for lots of reasons, but um, one of them for, in terms of on-site for me is my, you know, our ability to breathe is um, severely affected by the amount of chip shit being mm -hmm. sawn down, dust flying, and they're everywhere and anywhere. Okay, so is that your, so your big one is chip shit? <laughs> big one is, big <laughs> one is complete. chip shit. A complete, complete submission. submission. Anything else? Um, Any in an ideal world, consistent enforcement of regs would really help. I think it kind of lessens the bleeding of everyone's ears if uh, <laughs> if the rule was enforced consistently throughout. And um, yeah, we're kind of yeah. you know, being a contractor as well. We're kind of stuck in stuck a little bit in in the middle. And I think some people think that. Perhaps it's us making the decisions that things can go ahead and it's, you know, it's not, 
and uh, we just have to manage the processes kind of best best we can really so we kind of yeah play the mediator think, um, a lot <laughs> yeah looking from the chat i think that's a common yeah uh, you've hit a hit a chord with that one it's mm. difficult isn't it because um it's not like you can hold your client up as a human shield either and say exactly. she said it was yeah, it's that kind of delicate balance and, and also it's hard because actually you know the nuts and bolts are it's usually because that exhibitor's a prime exhibitor that they've got away with yeah, yeah. or even worse the the plan that was never sent in and they turned up on site and kind of get away with it because yeah. they were assessing it um in in reality and they sneak, yeah. sneak in some bad ones i think so from an essa perspective um that, that's something that comes up a lot in terms of the unfair playing field in which um our contractors um work in that you know some sometimes you can you can get your plans in on time you can de deliver a complete in, um package you can come on site you can build according to your method statement you could have done everything right and then the next you can come in and um behave like a total idiot um be totally incompetent have not sent their plans in and it, and it all of our hard work kind of goes to pot does that frustrate you? <laughs> Frustrates me. Yeah, definitely. Frustration is a good word. <laughs> good word to use. Fabulous. Right, so we've got, I think we've got some um, questions on the chat before I carry on with any of our other ones. We're still running out of time. Um, so, Ange. Are they easy? Thank you very much, Ange. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know do you, you and <laughs> do you feel there's enough input from e-guide end users to the group who manage it where changes may be suggested controversial <laughs> I totally think yes um, <laughs> I think we should uh, there should be more end users there should definitely I think um Obviously, the people involved in writing it, putting it together and managing it obviously has a tough job anyway. But sometimes I don't know whether they're always on the ground. So I don't know whether they're always um, they could use other people's experience, perhaps. Mm. In I always think so my big lesson of 2019 was if I could sum it up was unintended consequences so <laughs> I mean I'm not even talking about I'm not talking about anything specifically just the whole year just seemed to be to be full of unintended consequences from actions that I had taken um, and and the reason I say that is, is that some of the decisions that are made on the e-guide are not taken with a full view of the consequences and um, there have been times I know there are people even on on this call where pe where contractors have been severely uh, impacted by a small seemingly small change in the e-guide mm. and it has resulted in you know, warehouses being full of materials that are no longer um, yeah. allowed for example which to be frank sustainability not even yeah. into that um but but that could be so easily rectified if if there was a bit more engagement there yeah no i agree 
Good okay. question, Ange. Good question, Ange. <laughs> I might I might not put this recording out. <laughs> it's fine by me. Like, what did you say? <laughs> if um if I am no longer vice chair of ESSA by the end of this, it'd be more <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So right. Oh, this is a controversial one. <laughs> Do you know from a plan how it's gonna pan out on site? <laughs> good question um i think there's so many factors contributing to the success of a plan a stand build um pan out might not be the right kind of phrase we, we will certainly be able to know how it will look <laughs> but pan out um not always not always i mean even sometimes how it will look and yeah, you know, but sometimes the angle of a wall, for example, on a plan might, you know, will meet all the regulations. But when you actually get to site and, you know, everything's built, it still meets regulations, but it will offend someone. Mm. Um, I think the general kind of complexity of a stand can be established. Um, mm. Do you think, um, okay, I'll put it another way. <laughs> if <laughs> if a, a contractor was to put their plan in in a complete way and mm. then everything stacked out and it was a really straightforward submission, are they more or less likely to be an absolute freaking nightmare on site than the ones that don't? <laughs> Not essentially. It's generally the smaller ones normally you have to watch out for, Lou. <laughs> I'm small, I get that. Um, yeah, I suppose it's that tie up, isn't it, between design and, and on and on the show floor. Right, we've got a couple of more questions. This is great. Kane Simpson. <coughs> Hi, Kane from Apexis. Um, do you think that any COVID-19 regulations will eventually remain and be the norm at events, i.e. masks, meeting room capacities, wider aisles, etc.? You can take probably meeting rooms, one of that. Yeah, that, that is, um, that's a good question. And a point, I think, obviously, that the industry itself uh, and organisers are heavily um, discussing at the moment. I actually, got a stand, I actually got a stand design from China this morning. It was from a build company saying what they're going to be doing in terms of this. But theirs was more along the lines of hand sanitisation. But I think... From our, you know, industry in the UK, we are obviously looking at aisles, one way's in, one way's out, you know, um, how people move on a stand, screens, and then dependent, I suppose, on what the government say and what the exhibitor themselves, how they feel about it, things like gloves and masks mm. and things like that. So I do, I do think it will impact on a design. Um, I think it will impact on how a contractor um negotiates of you know their clients and um how their design's going to pan out really yeah yeah i agree right we are totally out of time in fact we're over <laughs> not too boring then yay 
<laughs> no, not at all. Um, I what I might do, bearing in mind um, people do kind of want usually want a little bit more, um, is I might um, use the questions that I was going to ask you next, which there's only like two. Um, I'll get you to reply to them and I'll put them on the post show notes. Yeah, um, sure. I'm also going to put on um, the notes all the comments from the chat because I think they're brilliant and I might even comment on a few of them myself. <laughs> so, but in, so in summary, to wrap this up, I think our key takeaways are making sure that our design teams and our on the show floor building teams are connected would be, um, which already happens in our brilliant contractors. There are some contractors that doesn't work in. Um, getting plans in in a more uh, fuller state so maybe we need to do an education piece on what that means and how to how to achieve that um, more easily for some people um, and we need to get the organizers to be more consistent on their rules which will probably have to be now anyway because um, I think operationally the balance of power is shifting because of this, we're going to need to be able to put our shows together in um, in a controlled way going forward. Right. Okay. So thank you, Leanne. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. Um...